Welcome to MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the truth behind medical research with unbiased, evidence-proven facts, powered by Encore Research Group and hosted by cardiologist and top medical researcher, Dr. Michael Corin. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Corin. Uh, good afternoon, I'm Dr. Trevor Green. And I'm really excited to have Trevor here today. Mm. And the reason for that is that we're going to talk about a case that you and I were involved with about 10 years ago. Correct. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting because we were asked to recruit black patients for a study in congestive heart failure. Mm. And Trevor and I are both cardiologists. Trevor and I are colleagues. We've worked together for many, many years. And uh, we had a situation where we wanted to get African-American patients engaged in the idea of doing a phase one congestive heart failure study. Mm -hmm. So let's share the details of that with the audience. And then let's you and I have a discussion about what the issues were, what the dilemma was, what? and how we approached it. The first slide is uh, a pharmaceutical company wishes to reformulate an innovative heart failure product. The product appears to have sp specific advantages in African-American patients. The sponsor has engaged 10 sites over six months and has enrolled four patients in a study that requires 16 black patients. The sponsor reaches out to your site. This phase one study involves several overnight states. Okay. Mm -hmm. So interesting request. Mm -hmm. They're coming to us because they have been unsuccessful elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And they came to Jacksonville, where we're, we're sitting right now. Jacksonville has a population of about 25, 30% African-American. Is that fair? About, that's yeah. reasonable. About right. Mm -hmm. So we obviously have people in our community that would qualify for the study. Congestive heart failure is something that we treat every single Probably. day. There are plenty mm -hmm. of patients. So the question is how to get these folks interested in clinical research. So the question that was posed, how do you help the sponsor resolve the problem of recruiting African-American patients with heart failure? Mm -hmm. And of course, we want to do this in a scientifically valid way, mm -hmm. in a culturally sensitive way, mm -hmm. and also help our population understand what's in it for them. Mm -hmm. So let's let's jump into uh, what we might do under these circumstances. Okay. What, what are your thoughts? Just share with the audience what you would do, what we did ultimately, then mm -hmm. what the challenges are and what the solutions could be. Well, the, the way we approached it back then, mm -hmm. uh, about 10, 15 years yeah, ago, years. was that we thought that the black population was not involved as well as we, as we thought they should. Yes. And one of the techniques we used back then was to use a physician mm -hmm. or engage a physician, particularly someone who looks like them. Yep. To deliver the message. And, you know, and thinking back on it, it went over very well. It was very well. well. Yeah. The the advantage that I that I brought to the conversation back then was that I was doing this on a regular basis mm -hmm. uh by going to churches mm -hmm. and going to uh to functions, mm -hmm. you know, be it um lions or yes. uh sororities community and engagement, kind of good, yeah. right? Community engagement. Mm -hmm. And I and I found that the feedback was always very nice. I enjoyed mm -hmm. doing it yeah. because it was it was a good it was good to yeah, interact with absolutely. them. It was all yeah. ad lib, mm -hmm. uh no writing and you mm -hmm. open up the forum. So when we reached out a similar cohort of people mm -hmm. who knew that I do this stuff anyway. Right. It was easy to get people uh, to, to come. Yeah, in. build the trust yeah. factor, and it and it did and it did work out pretty nicely. Yeah. So let's let's explore a few issues. One, black versus African American. <laughs> yeah. uh, so again, my experience is that some people prefer one versus the other, mm -hmm. and there are some differences there. So why don't you comment on those? Yeah, there are indeed some differences. Uh, <laughs> 
black black is African, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we we got the term of African American because there's Italian American yeah, and yeah. Irish American and, sure. and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, when you do look at the diaspora in this neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. To get a really pure black person, if you will, mm-hmm. you really actually have to go to Africa. Okay. No, good <laughs> because point. The, the majority of people who uh, are here in this country mm-hmm. are really not, they're really not very many pure people to begin with in yeah. terms of genetics. Yes. I happen to have a colleague who was actually doing these kind of studies mm-hmm. and discovered that there really no really pure African people living here. It doesn't matter how black you look. Exactly. <laughs> you, yeah, and of course, that was before we got into the kind of genetics that we have now, right. where we can really parcel out this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but, the, but in the big picture, mm-hmm. the, the concept of getting African-Americans to mm-hmm. participate mm-hmm. In, in the studies without even drilling down to that specificity right. was, a, was a hurdle in itself. Yeah. Born out of history. Yeah, of given the, the given the experiences that we had had coming through the the thirties and forties, oh, no yeah, antecedent from uh, sure. from from slavery. Well, the legacy of, of slavery, of, of course. Slavery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it's an interesting point. So, just to comment on that a little bit more, mm-hmm. there are differences between African patients. There are differences between those patients and people that come from the Caribbean. Correct. Uh, based on your accent, people mm-hmm. probably picked up that you have a right. little bit of background there. Indeed, and versus mm-hmm. people who. It grew up in the, in the United States, either right. inner cities or or the South. Right. All those have different cultures that can affect health consequences. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and the, the the important word that you mentioned there is cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we all we all we all look black, mm-hmm. but when we start to speak, you can tell a, a West Indian, which mm-hmm. is a generic term for the Caribbean people, sure. from a, a a person who grew up in the South, right? And then the experiences of uh, of the the West Indian. In terms of engaging with with uh, with government, mm-hmm. engaging with civil society, mm-hmm. it's slightly different from the from the way Black Americans do in the South for obvious reasons. Right. Yeah. And the question is, how can you how can you overcome that? Mm. And uh, and and so when I go out to talk to people, I also have to remember that as a Caribbean person or coming out of the West Indies, mm. I am not really treated as Black, black, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is a fascinating, a fascinating concept. Okay. Where I was, I was sitting at a meeting, yeah. and someone said to me, "Well, but you're not really black." And so I look at him, well, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> but what they were trying to say is that yeah. the experiences mm-hmm. that they, that came out of slavery for an African American mm-hmm. was um, was hearing the hearing the, Just in the yeah. was yeah. much different yeah. from, and there are many many reasons for that. But that still overlays mm-hmm. the barrier to getting the people right. to, to participate in, in studies. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is such a fascinating point because often when we think about things scientifically mm-hmm. and from a physiological viewpoint, we want diversity because we know that certain products may work differently Definitely. with people in people with different genetic makeup. makeup. But then you also have to think about the cultural things that'll be very different. So mm-hmm. the diet of an African-American may be way different than mm-hmm. the diet of somebody from Nigeria, for Correct. example. Correct. And so all mm-hmm. these things should be part of the thought process when mm-hmm. you're a clinician, it, yeah. especially in something like heart failure where mm-hmm. salt content is so important and, and many of the dietary elements to taking care of these patients and, and helping them 
get to the value proposition mm. of being in research where we talk all about this stuff. All about this stuff. Yeah. Well, no, you brought it some in, in, the, in the last three sentences some really powerful stuff. And I'll give you a classic example. Yeah. I personally was at my primary care physician uh-huh. today, okay. this morning. <laughs> all right. And he said to me, well, you know, your blood pressure is still a little high. Yeah. You're on Valsartan. Yeah. But I find that Almusartan works better in, uh, in, in African-Americans. Right. It just works better in black people. Right, right. Okay. Uh, and I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I knew Val Sartan worked better yeah. than Lord Sartan, but yeah. I didn't realize that Almus Sartan works even better. That's funny. So, uh, again, and this right. is coming from a physician who is not uh, African. He's okay. actually South American. Uh, right, right. And right. he recognized okay. the difference. Okay. And that difference does not only pertain to black people. It also yeah. pertains to people from the Asian diaspora. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you have your little Filipino lady. Sure. And you're not going to start on 25 milligrams of carfitolol. No, you just wipe her out. Exactly. That's <laughs> so, right. So yeah. those peculiar... Mm. And when I present to, to, to Africans uh, in this in that kind of context, I also want to point out to them that we're not picking on you specifically, but mm-hmm. there are indeed differences mm-hmm. you know, between between uh, people. Sure. I always just say, every body is different <laughs> there you go and everybody is different i love it that's <laughs> so a good one that's, i yeah. love it that's yeah. a good one so let's talk about what we did specifically when mm-hmm. we had this challenge okay. so uh, you and i got together mm-hmm. and we we did an outreach program mm-hmm. and do you want to describe it um how we got yeah. people together yeah. we what we came here we for, first of all we reached out to people in mm-hmm. the in the group that we mentioned yeah and uh the office got in contact with people who i know in my practice right uh, we invited them to come here for an afternoon mm. uh, lecture. Mm-hmm. I think it lasted about, what, 45 minutes? Half At most, 45 yeah. Minutes yeah. It was about 30 minutes. Yeah. It, it went on a little longer than we thought because yeah. they, having fun. they were so engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they really, they really got into it. Yeah. So to my colleagues out there who might be hearing this, one of the, one of the easy ways to, to get people engaged, African-American engaged, mm-hmm. is to actually engage with them. Yeah. yeah uh, in, invite them to, to these things. And if they hear some person that looks like them mm-hmm. speaking about stuff that they they are far more uh, aware mm-hmm. and far more easier to to, mm-hmm. to get into the the concept. Yeah. So reaching out, yeah. So just to remind you. So we wanted to bring in you know at least a dozen people, mm-hmm. and um, we reached out through your practice. I think to about thirty, mm-hmm. and you actually made some phone calls directly to right, ask people right. to come, mm-hmm. and that was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The doctor being directly involved is is the most powerful right, way to get people powerful. to do things, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had, I think I remember about 18 people that showed up. Was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them uh, brought family members. So mm-hmm. it was the target patient and other people that came people in. Like and we talked about clinical research that may be appropriate yeah. for their family members. So that was good. Mm-hmm. And we got a bunch of people in the room and you started talking about heart failure. Right. And I was more mm-hmm. the clinical trial expert. Mm-hmm. But there was really one of the interesting things was uh, one of the patients spoke up and looked around and made the observation there's all black people in this room. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Indeed, I did. Yeah. 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 So uh, that was a little bit interesting because yeah. there was like a little bit of tension there yeah. that yes. uh, yeah. are we trying to like sneak a bunch of black people in here and do some <laughs> some Special unscrupulous research? research? Yeah. 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 And and you helped handle it. But the, but that just shows you how people are thinking. We had to address that, how we that address issue. That. Yeah. I think what, what we did at that point, if I can remember well, we actually... First of all, we laughed about it. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of brought down the temperature quite a bit as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And then explained that this is a very special effort yeah. to get 
you guys in to see us. Right. So giving them a kind of a special feeling. Right. You, you're the avant-garde of this group. Exactly. You, 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 we, we, then that's why I call you personally, because I know that you can now go out there mm-hmm. and speak to all your friends, and particularly at churches and everything else. Yeah. And, um, and I, t- I tend to engage the African-American pastor. Mm-hmm. Priests, mm-hmm. yeah, they they have a very powerful role in uh, in the communities, mm. and uh, and I have quite a few of them in our in our practice, yeah, and uh, and it is through them actually that we develop a lot of a, a lot of mm-hmm. our contacts, yeah. So people felt very comfortable with that, yeah. That and we, we also talked mm-hmm. about the physiology of heart failure. Remember, mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. looking at something that was a combination of hydralazine and nitrates, yes, and mm-hmm. how. Um, that certain blood pressure medications may work differently based on your genetic background. Mm-hmm. Same thing for, with heart failure mm-hmm. drugs. And this mm-hmm. was a really important thing to understand for everybody. For everybody. So, so not mm-hmm. only are you, are you doing it for yourselves, but you're doing it for other black people. Right. And then ultimately mm-hmm. helping us understand where there are differences and mm-hmm. where they're not. Mm-hmm. And right. they, of course, there may not be differences in many cases. Right. Yeah. So that was very powerful. So let, let's go just through the bullet points. I think mm-hmm. we covered most of this, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to we create an event that shared the educational message, but it was also engagement and it was fun. And it was fun. It was a lot it of fun. Was, it was fun. So that was mm-hmm. great. And that the, you know the fun part is really important. I, you know, I've been to presentations mm-hmm. where everybody's really uptight and mm-hmm. and you're just giving this dry message, and that doesn't get anybody interested. Mm-hmm. So enjoying yourself, I think, is really important. And, and I know we yeah. Well, one of the things that came up from that was that we were ad libbing. That's so true. we were we weren't reading slides. We weren't. We, it was a it was an engagement. Free flowing. Yeah, it was very free flowing. Yeah. They, they got to ask questions whenever. Yeah, it was about and, half uh, yeah. of it was questions. It was questions. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the best part. That was. Right, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do love free yeah. freelancing like that. When yeah. I go to speak to the uh, groups, mm. th- this is what I do. Absolutely, yeah, this is what I do. No doubt, and yeah. it's more genuine. People like uh, that. and it's more genuine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, the other thing that's important, and this is something that doesn't always happen, but it's important that you compensate physicians for what they do. Mm-hmm. So, and actually you taught me this. Um, we were mm-hmm. talking about recruiting African-Americans for COVID-19 vaccine right. studies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we asked a simple question is that uh, people are coming to quote, ask for your patients, but mm-hmm. don't they want your services? Right. Mm-hmm. And they should, they should mm-hmm. pay for your services. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's the, the dilemma here is that it's illegal and unethical to get paid for referrals. Mm-hmm. So we never do that. We can't do that. That's yes. not, you, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, lawyers can do that. Realtors can do that. Accountants can do <laughs> yeah, that. But doctors but don't do can't. that. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're in a different, we're in a different category. Mm-hmm. We have higher ethical standards. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean to say that we can't pay you for talking to the patients. Right. We can't mm-hmm. pay you for mm-hmm. doing consulting work to help mm-hmm. us uh, hone what we're doing right. with, with, a, with a particular study. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay people, physicians, for their professional services. And then um, I think we covered this, but we explained to the African-American population that attended that they're valid for the project for very important scientific reasons. I think we addressed the historical issues. We haven't mentioned Tuskegee yet, but everybody knows that that is uh, this horrible incident that occurred that has conditioned a lot of people to think negatively about medical research. And we always have to remind them that literally that started in the early 1930s. It was a horrible 40-year observational experiment. Mm -hmm. But on the heels of that, there were a lot of changes in the laws that protected Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, the whole risk-benefit profile of research has dramatically changed. Mm -hmm. So if you were studying a new molecule in the 1950s, you didn't have the same tools that we have that to we, know that they were specific to the target, mm-hmm. that they can be tested in animals, that we can do toxicity studies, and all these mm-hmm. things, where 
um, that risk was much higher than nowadays when we work with these incredibly specific biologics mm-hmm. and other things that just hit their target and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And the overall value proposition has changed where the benefit is much higher and the, the risk is much, much lower. lower. Mm-hmm. So by being fearful of the risk mm-hmm. is actually preventing people from gleaning the benefits yeah, of doing clinical research. Yeah, and that's exactly true. But one of the ways that we kind of overcame that was to literally be open about Tuskegee. Absolutely. So we didn't we didn't treat it as something that should be swept onto the carpet. Right. We faced it right up front. Yes, it happened. We identified it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to say to them, look, you know, out of every behind every dark cloud, there's a silver lining. There you go. And the silver lining is now the opportunity to realize that we have moved the situation to such a place where you have to inform consent. You know, there, there's so many uh, standards that we right have layers to of protection. Yeah, and therefore yeah. we can now move on, yeah. understanding that we are cognizant of the fact that bad things happen, mm. but by, by virtue of the fact that black physicians are going to be involved, mm-hmm. we can kind of override and... and, 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 and Get people and comfortable. Get yeah. comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the conclusion of the case, I think, is on the next mm-hmm. slide, mm-hmm. which is uh, six of the remaining 12 patients were enrolled at your site to fill the study for the sponsor. Mm-hmm. So uh, they started by getting a request from the sponsor saying they were having the, the hardest time enrolling mm-hmm. the study. And you know, through our efforts, we were able to help out this study right, right. and get the answers for the rest of the world. Right. And now 6 out of 12 is a 50% success rate. Yeah, it's tremendous, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesus only had a 10%. <laughs> so, so, we were, <laughs> so we were well ahead of the game. <laughs> well, I think we'll end on that note. I can't beat that. <laughs> Thanks for joining the MedEvidence Podcast. To learn more, head over to medevidence.com or subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform.